This is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. Back in Greenpoint at my place again. Good to have you guys back. Right, right down the street from where I used to live. I was just thinking about that when I came over. Like we were, would have been neighbors if I was still in that shithole I lived at. Literally, street. like you were only what, half, you were like half Yeah, I went away. in to buy the tonic at the the bodega over there and I got like chills, nightmares. I remember like walking in there and buying beer like late at night and the same, same owner there and like, it's like a freaky kind of deja vu. They closed one of the doors and I totally walked right into it where they like locked it off and they had the smallest little sign that said, please use other door. And I was <laughs> like, I'm the, I'm the asshole. I'm the yeah. guy who just walked right into this. No Greenpoint on a Friday night, huh? happening and we're we're geeking out here talking about photography of all things huh my buddy's getting evicted what out of greenpoint his building was just sold on greenpoint avenue and their uh their lease ended on december 31st which is for those listening a month away and so there's like i don't think there's any protection for him so he's there's no protect no protection from gentrification yeah so we're here with james hello Say your last name for me. <laughs> Chiraros. Oh, there you go. See, I would not have said that. Yeah. What would you have said? Most people say Chororos. Where's that from? I, I don't know. I it's think what he said. Cheerios. Choros. Cheerios. I got that a lot. Chororos. Should I say it again? Chiraros. Chiraros? Yep. What is that? It's Greek. Greek? Yeah. Oh, you should go up to Astoria, huh? Have you been up there? Yeah, I have. My family frequents Astoria. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Not, not so much anymore, but they used to, for sure. So you're a native New Yorker? I am, yeah, I was born here. I lived in New Jersey most of my life, though. Where, is, okay, so you, where you were born in, <laughs> what part of New York? Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the best Greek restaurant in Astoria? You know, I don't know. I personally haven't been there in a long time. I would have to ask my uh, my mom. But I don't think she's been in there in a while either. But no. we, we used to have a bunch of family that lived there, and now we don't so much anymore. They are, are they all yeah, getting in Jersey now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> What part of Jersey? I'm from Westfield, New Jersey, which is uh, like central Jersey, basically. It's okay. about a half hour, 40 minutes outside of Newark. Man, I want to go to New Jersey so bad. I've been wanting to go. Like, you said you've never been to New Jersey? Have you not Jersey? been to New Jersey? I've been like through New Jersey. I haven't, been any, I haven't been anywhere. I've been in New York five years and then like I barely leave the city. You should definitely go to New Jersey. I do. I, I think I have to like plan some sort of like photo project though, wherever I can get on a train. And go yeah. somewhere. Brian does Ashbury Park. <laughs> What's it? Is that that's that's Bruce Springsteen? Right? Yeah. 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 Is, I don't know. That's yeah. down there. Maybe. They have like really good, uh, they have like a different style of pizza in New Jersey though, don't they? They have a different have, like, style of pretty much everything in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Wait, um, how is the pizza different? Well, I wouldn't say the pizza is different, but there's a whole different vibe in New Jersey. Yeah. And there's and there's different vibes throughout New Jersey too. It's North Jersey is a whole different game than than South Jersey. Yeah. Um, where are the right? Sopranos? The Sopranos are in New York, Newark, right? That was North Jersey. North they, Jersey. They drove through Newark. I think it was actually in Caldwell where they wow. actually we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty typical for North Jersey. The Sopranos kind of vibe but you get you get to south jersey and it's like a, you know there's a lot of open land and yeah. farms and it's a totally different landscape and then you have and the jersey towns. yeah the yeah. jersey shore right <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm just fascinated because it's supposed to be like so ugly and like gross, uh, <laughs> but it's also supposed to be really beautiful. And like Long Beach Island is awesome. It's you great. I mean, I yeah, the, and Jersey has a, a special place in my heart, but it, it definitely I understand all the criticism it gets for sure. <laughs> right. So where did you? So the where you grew up in Jersey, and where did you go to school? College. I went to college at Rutgers University, okay. also in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to grad school, also in New Jersey. Also in New Jersey, you became an architect. I did, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, st I started out, I studied art, and then I switched to engineering and architecture, and then uh, I went to grad school for architecture. Uh-huh. So. You had a pretty interesting job coming, coming out of school, huh? Yeah, it was intense. It was a very intense job. Um, but it's da who is Daniel? What's his name? Liebeskin. Yeah, Daniel Liebeskin. So he's he's the guy who designed the New World Trade Center, right? Well, one, well, one World Trade Center, where it's supposed yes. to be, right? He he designed. No, the, did he do the the first version of it? Yeah, he designed the master oh. plan for oh. it. Um, and there's a whole long controversy surrounding that whole story, um, but. Yeah, essentially, he won the competition for the master plan uh -huh. that Lower Manhattan Development Corp uh, started. And it was the one that was so, supposed to kind of look like the shape of like the Statue of Liberty, right? Where it had like the swooping. Yeah, I thought it was a nice design. The the, his whole thing was the offset spire that mimicked the, you know, Lady Liberty holding up. Yeah, and now there's just a big <laughs> straw. Yeah, and now it's just a big symmetrical Bloomberg's big top. slurpee. <laughs> yeah. So you were working at that, how long, and how long were you working at that firm? Uh, I was there about three years. Three years? Okay. Yeah. I had been working in architecture for about five years, you know, through college and grad school. Um, and then I worked, I, I got that job before I graduated grad school, like right Maybe two weeks before I graduated grad school, and I went right into it. So, what's it like working at an architecture firm like that? Um, <clears throat> intense. It is, yeah. I stressful. Mean, that's the best way to describe it: intense yeah. and stressful. We had we had light days, but for the most part, it's it's long hours and it's um, it's a lot of work, and you, you you know you switch off between design work and then really mundane, repetitive type work, drawing an AutoCAD and lots of lines and right. checking drawings and that kind of thing. See, even just listening to you makes me want to start thinking about photography. So I can only imagine. <laughs> exactly. I can only imagine. I can't really make it too exciting. Yeah. Um, so what were you always taking <laughs> photographs? When did you start taking photographs? Was this in, in high school, college, or when did this kind of... I started taking happen? photographs um, in, when I was an undergrad in art school. And like my first year right out of college was like pretty much the first time I would say I started seriously thinking about shooting and I was just doing like street photography, basically black and white, a lot of film developing in, you know, in the dark room at my school. But I, I only really kept it up for, I would say, about two years in undergrad. And then when I switched to engineering, I kind of dropped it until I got to grad school. Did you start shooting like 35 millimeter or were you shooting? Yeah, and I was shooting 35 millimeter and a little large format because I had a professor who was uh, an architectural photographer. And he was, you know, kind of teaching me how to shoot, you know, exteriors of buildings and that kind of stuff on large format. And I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, I did awesome. that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I didn't really ever think about it too seriously until, uh, until grad school, really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we picked up, I picked up a camera. Everybody had to essentially get a camera to document their architectural work. Mm -hmm. 
and I kind of spent that time just out in Newark shooting everything I could and I got uh, real big in back into street photography going to the city and shooting and I never really you know I didn't even really edit my work that much I just kind of I was like obsessed with shooting it right and then when I when I graduated I, I kind of went through a phase where I was just enjoying photography so much more than what I was doing in the office and I got real into it I started editing my work and posting it online and then that was it. Ultimately, when you posting stuff when you first started? <clears throat> when I first started shooting? Yeah. No, I wasn't posting anything. Yeah. I had a Flickr account, but it was basically photos of like my studio mates working and doing dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb <laughs> shit. Drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like up all night and exhausted <laughs> and like surrounded in like paper scraps. So you, you, okay, that's still on your Flickr? I looked at it. I don't know if I went back that far though. No. Or did you take oh, it off? I, you can see my Flickr? Oh, did you? I don't know. I, th I thought I Googled you and I followed a Flickr page. Oh, I don't know. I thought I deleted it. You I better check, it. man. Better <laughs> better check. Maybe where's maybe. our uh, <laughs> Where's our intern checking on this? <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> made, like, you have an imposter out there, huh? Yeah. We have weird. someone looking into it. That's yeah, yeah. I need to check that out. No, that would have been. I, there's a. I run. There's a common theme of like people that get out into the working world and like need to like do something creative and photography always kind of comes up, you know, mm. it's like the, the creative crisis and like the camera is kind of like the easiest thing to pick up. And, yeah. I mean, that was totally me. It was, you know, I had to turn to the camera because like, what, the f what else am I going to do here? I can't, you know, <laughs> before or after the improv classes. Um, <laughs> well the improv, that was in Minneapolis. I didn't do any photography ever in Minneapolis. I didn't, I didn't even pick up a camera until I got to Los Angeles. So that was so when I was 27. Yeah, I mean, I didn't move to LA until I was 27. And then even the first year there. My actually, so the first camera I ever got was I, when I moved to LA, I said, I need, I'm going to get one of these cell phones, man. <laughs> like, so I got this Sprint PCS and I'm like, it's going to have a camera in it. And like, I was oh, all man. stoked about that. Two megapixels. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so like, I would be like, oh, you can take, you know, take pictures. And I would start taking like clandestine, like street pictures with this little, <laughs> like Sprint PCS phone, like getting up close to people. And I, for some reason, I can't find any of those. I mean, they're terrible, terrible, terrible photos. But what was funny is like they had people talk about Instagram filters, but the Sprint PCS had this filter that turned the picture into like cartoons. So like I would use that and it, like, I thought that was so cool. That's hilarious. So probably lucky I don't have those photos anywhere. But yeah, that was that's kind of how I started. It was just I miss having the, those those like old school flip phones. There's something fun about those. Yeah, snake. Yeah, I had like one of those <laughs> so like good, the yeah. LG phones or like the. Do you remember the chocolate phones that came from? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, Like slid up. It was basically the same phone with like a cover wrap, yeah. wasn't it? It was like the size of a Tic Tac. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Razor was one I had. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah the Razor. It's very popular. I had the Star, the Star Tac. Did you have that one? No. Uh -huh. Star Trek. That was a good one. No, but that was why in 2007 when the first iPhone came out, it was like, people keep forgetting like how revolutionary. Like when those things came out, it just was like, damn. Yeah. Because you know? I guess people had everyone had the Blackberries. I never got into yeah. the Blackberry. I had the, the whole Crackberry. Too. I had the Blackberries, yeah. yeah. It was the most, I remember day one on that thing, it was the most confusing thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. 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 It so wasn't, it wasn't fun to use it. Oh. Yeah, so so you're working, we're hustling at the architecture. When you realize this isn't for me, 
When, when did that kind of dawn? And you were like, oh, oops, <laughs> I kind of uh, made the. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't. This is not. I can't do this. For yeah, I mean, I was going through that for that phase for a really long time. I think. I, I mean, I would say probably, probably a year and a half. I was thinking about at least you know switching careers, switching uh, jobs within architecture. At least, I wasn't really necessarily thinking about switching careers, but. I was shooting a lot and I was getting asked to do paid assignments. So I was doing that anytime I could. And then at a certain point, it just got to, you know, I got to a place where I said, look, I'm going to leave. I'm probably going to leave this firm anyway, not for any bad reasons or anything, just because it was time to move on and try something new. Um, and I, you know, I talked about it with my wife and we both decided, you know, will give me, you know, six months or so to make it work. And uh, if it doesn't, I'll go back to architecture. But that was, you know. When was that? Two years ago. So almost, did you, take exactly any, did you go ago. to take any more photography classes or did you just jump right into it? I did. I, I, took, uh, I took some courses at ICP for a while. Okay. I did the continuing ed course. And I, you know, I worked with uh, Ben Guest a lot there, who, who I like. Uh, but I only did like two semesters. I took a couple of electives, more on like the business end, and then I took a studio class. But I didn't finish through with the with the program or anything. Was that after after you officially <laughs> quit? Or yeah, that was after I quit. Yeah. So I was doing just night classes and yeah. and working freelance during the day. So most of the stuff you're doing like commercially is portraiture, right? Or are you doing a mix of stuff? Yeah, I do portraiture, and I also, my jumping off point was, you know, which makes sense, was like interiors and architecture. Right. So I still do quite a bit of that, although I'm trying to kind of fade it out. You didn't really see that on your site, though. Where, I, mean, I don't, I don't. Like, oh, you don't keep that. It's like, yeah. No, I have, a, yeah, I have um, a few clients that I work with who, you know, came through personal connections, and I do a lot of work for their firms and that kind of thing. But I don't really want to pursue interiors full full right. time, so I don't really show it on my site. Um, but I, you know, I have, I have that whole portfolio uh -huh. that I send out and that kind of thing. I think that's kind of, I don't want, I won't name me. I have another friend who's like that too. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I have some of these clients where I do the interiors or whatever. I don't, you'll never see that stuff ever anywhere, yeah. you know? And there's a lot of photographers, like commercial <clears throat> photographers, like the stuff you, we make money on, you will never ever see on the internet ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of directors that do that too. Yeah. yeah. Do not want their commercial work to be anywhere near their creative work, which is kind of weird to me. I mean, I guess it says something about well, commercial I mean, creativity or whatever. Commercial work is produced in like for someone else for something else, yeah. so it's not as personal. So it can come off as being as very generic and not really right. informative. And it might not match the exactly. aesthetic of all the creative work anyway. Yeah. So it's who was the 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 photo. Um, rep who just quit and it went all wrong julian oh. richards julian richards that was amazing yeah and he had a really I, I should have it pulled up i could pull that we won't do it but he had a section in there where basically the photographers like they're not really hired for their vision anymore because it's so like produced and you have so many people in the room that they're just interchangeable where mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter anymore yeah you know and I, I get that you get that sense from a lot of people these days i think you know yeah yeah I mean that's kind of how I feel about it. If uh, you know, <clears throat> if I'm if I if I don't want to shoot it, I mean, what is somebody going to benefit looking at it? Especially interiors, you know, they're pretty straightforward. Um, 
So I kind of just show it separately in a portfolio when people want to see it. Right, or, right. You know, when I'm getting But you really want to do the editorial stuff like portraiture. Yeah, that's what I would love to yeah. get more into. But then you get into the editorial world, which is, you know, has its own hazards. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Primarily, which is, there's no money in it. <laughs> yeah. That's a big concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to go to the party, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. The magazines have no money. You got a zillion photographers and... Yeah, that, that's a tough racket, man. I don't know how yeah. Tom could probably speak more about that than me. Yeah. I don't think I got in the club. <laughs> you know, the young yeah. guy. No, <laughs> I tried. Yeah. <laughs> Still trying, but. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. depressing. Jeez, I better <laughs> yeah. pour myself a drink. Speaking of that, Julian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't wait to make my next film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money, there's no money in, in any art. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. I, there was just uh, even Jakob Schmidt had a video that went around today that was like him talking about photographers, art photographers, really not getting paid. Everyone else gets paid, but the art photographers never get paid. And he's like, basically everyone's playing the lottery. Like a few people are gonna hit it big and they'll be in the gallery and they'll make their money. But for the most part, the photographers aren't making any money. And he's like, that's uh, it's a little backwards, you know? Photographers, the photographers are the key people in this whole machine and they're the ones that are getting screwed the most. And I think finally people are kind of like, this is not, how is this working, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not working. It's not for working. Them, you know? <laughs> and there's just that overall kind of sense you feel from almost like everyone. People are hustling. They're doing like 15 different things. They're writing. They're doing workshops. They're doing, you know, paid work. They're trying to sell prints. And like, Has there been anything else as far as like in terms of like skilled trade in the history of employment that, uh, that uh, you know, certain crafts just gotten totally... <laughs> Tom, can you grab the tonic water and the? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing, um, doing charades over here. Yeah, I, don't think I thought that, you were pointing to me. Yeah, he, no, pointing, <laughs> he's pointing to a better, better. No, like yeah. something where it gets cut in. I mean, or like a lot of you know more. There's more and more people. I mean, what? There's got to be the, the most photographers. Well, that's I, everything. I mean, I mean, journalism. I mean, look at the way journalism. I mean, right. newspapers getting decimated for years because of the internet and like. I don't want to say because of the internet. That makes it like it's the internet's fault. It's because of the advertising. Poor business. Ad listings have moved. Right. Time. I mean, yeah. you had basically a new, the newspapers and the magazines had a monopoly on the advertising. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are a car dealership and you're in town, like you're going to advertise in the newspaper and that's it. But once you go online, now it's like yeah. unlimited inventory for advertising. You got, you know, you could spread yourself all over. And because the newspapers, like relied so much on the classifieds and then Craigslist comes and like that game's over, you know? Yeah. So yeah, journalism. Multiple fronts has been assaulted. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if they would have just, you know, I don't want to turn this into sort of media criticism, but if they would have, they made a deal with the devil when they said we're going to basically give away the newspaper for free and rely on advertising right. 150 years ago instead of saying we're going to charge what the paper mm -hmm. is worth, you know, so you could get it for a nickel and they wanted it to get to everyone and the advertisers would be happy. Right. So, so then that crashes when, you know, the advertisers can go elsewhere. Right. So what are you going to do? <laughs> That's the kind of deal you make when yeah. you work with advertisers. But then you also got to look that, you know, these car, you know, car dealerships basically subsidizing, 
your international reporting or like the, the stuff that's expensive but nobody reads. You know, so that's where you really come into the crisis of journalism because you have this this really important stuff that needs to be covered, the city hall, like you know, politics and that. But that does not bring in the eyeballs. You know, so who pays for it? Anyways. <laughs> we'll, we'll be ordering well, all of our toiletries from Verizon Wireless. Yeah. So. yeah, probably. But we should get. But we'll get back to. We'll get back to actual photographs here. So, you. I was looking at your website, and you went to Peru. I did. And yeah. you did kind of like. A, I think kind of, to me, it technically kind of falls into a travel series. Yeah, it's. A I mean, it's travel. not your in in depth kind of like documentary. No, no. But it's a nice little quick. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, it was a quick little project. I actually went for my honeymoon, so... Oh, really? Yeah, so I shot more than I thought I'd be able to. Um, but Where are the honeymoon pictures in there? <laughs> hey, you got to mix it in, like... They're on his, yeah, his Flickr account. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> my Flickr account, yeah, exactly. Non-existent Flickr. With my architecture portfolio. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a great trip. We went for two weeks, and we... We did a, a bunch of hiking. We visited a lot of different different areas in like the Sacred Valley, or I don't know if you've ever been over there, but it's, no. I mean, it's a magical place. It's Machu crazy. Machu Picchu. Yeah, we, we, we did Machu Picchu. Uh, we did Cusco, Lima, and then a ton of different regions in the Sacred Valley, like Maras, Marai, uh, Pisac, all these different spots. It was a lot of fun. We'd love to go there sometime. Yeah, it's a good After trip. After go to Jersey. After, after after Jersey, Jersey right? Yeah. Jersey, yeah. New Jersey turns right. to Newark. Yeah, I really got. It. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about going to Long Island and Jersey. <laughs> I, mean, I really got and, and, and Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is like the third one. On my <laughs> every time I pass through Newark, it seems like a great place to do street photography. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting place. It's a dangerous place in yeah. in a lot of parts, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely interesting. And you know, I mean, it's basically. The areas you, that are not so dangerous are, you know, basically downtown and then uh, where the where the colleges are, Rutgers and NGIT. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you step a couple blocks outside of that, and you're talking, you know, I've I've been told by cops there not to. When it, when I was driving home from graduate school, I, I was waiting at a red light at like two in the morning, and this cop pulled alongside of me and told me to just run the red light. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. He's like, just go. I don't know why you're waiting. He's like, you should just go. <laughs> So, but you're so you're primarily focused on portraiture as you're really your thing. You the stuff I see on your website is pretty. You're into the nice light and kind of the the ambient, uh, the mood up on the buildings in Brooklyn and yeah, mixing that ambient light with a little. What would you even call it? It's not flash. It's a. What's the technical term for it, Tom? I'm not. Fill flash? No, it's not fill flash. It's uh, con- constant light, right? Oh. Like when you have the oh, uh, yeah, hot yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I am not a technical. <laughs> Where does this flash? Sure. I don't even. Yeah, yeah. Once you get into that stuff, I get like so confused. Yeah. Like, Screw this. I'm just gonna go <laughs> walk. And... Anything past the light flash? But <laughs> no, but con- constant light, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you have yeah, the yeah. constant light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's been something I've been experimenting with for for a while, um, but something I'm really into. And uh, and Eddie and I work together on a lot of it too. So um, go for that cinematic look. Yeah, um, I haven't really talked much about it. I just kind of it's it's just something I you know I try to shoot you know pretty regularly. 
I don't really know for sure where it's headed. It's just, you know, I just like doing it. Right but now. are these mostly like people you, you know, you, their friends or what have Some. you? I started out shooting a lot of friends and then I kind of got a little bored with that and they got really tired of me asking. So, <laughs> so I started, uh, you know, finding people on the internet or people I've met and just if they look interesting, I'll ask them. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you find them on the internet? Uh, sometimes through like you know, a friend of a friend or through uh -huh. Tumblr or sometimes through Instagram even. Um, and it would just be like, hey, like, like, I would like to make a portrait of you. Yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll go back and forth between like sending a message out saying I'm looking for people to uh -huh. photograph or like if I see someone in the street who, you know, like one guy I met because one of my friends knew a guy in Bushwick looking to, you know, get more into modeling. Oh, okay. So we kind of did a little trade that way. He was willing to work with me and I just gave him some, you know, time for time for print basically. Uh, but it turned out to be, you know, he turned out to be pretty interesting. I met up with him a couple of times. So, you know, and then you meet one person and they're doing it and then they introduce you to their friends. And so so do you just, do you just care about like their look or do you like the biography matters, like what they're into, what they're doing? I mean, is there any rhyme or reason? Are they creatives? Or yeah, they I started out, yeah, I started out kind of with this like loose framework of, you know, artists in Bushwick. Uh -huh. And that was kind of my theme just to kind of keep myself focused. Um, and that's kind of like where I've been headed with it because, you know, Basically everyone that I've photographed or anyone on my on my website so far has kind of been in that category, mm -hmm. um, and I'll meet up with them, you know, a couple of times and we'll chat and you know I'll figure out what. So why why should we care about artists of Bushwick? <laughs> I'm not or, or in Greenpoint. Are or you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. I think people would say. I mean, from a very kind of like we need to eat. fine art documentary perspective, it's like why why do these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a kind of a develop. It's something I think about, like, who you're photographing, right? Like, why yeah. am I showing these, you know, even in the street, what you're doing? It's like, that's the core of what you're doing, you know? Yeah, no, it's absolutely, you know, a valid question. I don't, I don't think I necessarily have an answer because, you know, it's just something that I'm, I'm going through right now, just something where I'm exploring. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I'm not trying to put it together into any sort of project yet. You know, right. it's just so you kind of you kind of conceive it as like you're sketching. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, that's what I I've been doing, trying you know use the off camera flash. I assault you guys or whoever I can, so I'm working towards mm -hmm. that. When I get into a situation where I want to apply it, I know I'm confident in what I can do. You know. Yeah. So I think that's a definitely it's a tried and true method. Of Absolutely. It. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's just something I enjoy doing right now, so that's where I'm going. All right, man, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a book I'm very excited about, stoked about, so we'll see you shortly. Cool. I'm excited to talk about this book. This is one, this is a couple years ago, maybe it was two years ago, this got a lot of buzz because he kind of came out from nowhere. It's Robert Bergman, A Kind of Rapture. Um, 
in this, he was just kind of an underground guy that exploded once his book came out and people were just blown away by the portraits and they're like, they're impressive. And he's really a photographer's photographer. Just, you know, he, he did his thing. He had, you know, wasn't really seeking any sort of like acclaim or whatever and built up this amazing body of work. And, you know, one of those things that kind of spread through the internet. And I wanted the book. I don't know why I don't have the books. Like I talk about him quite often. So this is the first time I've actually gotten to see uh, the book. And I mean, the printing is, it's amazing. I mean, that's the first thing like, that kind of struck me is that the, the, the color and the printing is just absolutely brilliant, you know. Um, and it's all portraits. And I'll say right off the bat, normally I don't go for a book that's all portraits. You know, I, I think, you know, sometimes that feels a little one-dimensional to me. But this stuff is like he's got such a striking vision and he's got, he really focuses on... I guess you want to say the marginalized, the periphery of society. I know he's in mini, he's Minneapolis photographer, right? I think we. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to put any. I don't want to put any labels on anyone. I mean, that's that's the thing. You don't want to. I don't want to say who they are, but it, you you know, there's a. You know, you can kind of feel like there's a there's a roughness, there's a edge of society kind of aspect to it. Probably, you know. How did you come to know? Did you also find it on the internet? Just come stop. Uh, actually, Richard Rothman recommended this book to me uh, a while ago, and he showed he showed me a few photographs, and I bought it. You know, that day, I mean, beautiful photographs. As something is like, yeah. oh, you should have this on your shelf, or like, I think something you know, that he just like he this. picked up, and yeah, he said, you know, he just got this, and he was flipping through it, and he recommended it. Which is kind of funny because like once, you, I mean, the other night you mentioned this, and like looking, I can kind of, oh, now I see you're definitely, I can see the influence in your photos to this, especially like in the color palette and trying, you know, yeah, the ways in, the way uh, he uses ambient light and the way you want to mix, you know, your ambient light as well too. Prints look almost like dye transfer. See, I don't want to, I'm not technically proficient going, enough I to. I don't even know what he does, yeah. Yeah, they're just, yeah, it's. Um, Saturated in a certain way. This almost feels like Eggleston, right? Yeah, you know, you feel absolutely. like an Eggleston print, so that there's something. And again, we should probably check this and we'll put it up on the blog, you know, verify, you know, the printing if we can find it. But yeah. So he shoots, and what I like is, you know, he, this is all natural light there's no flash i'm not yeah. nothing against flash we all like fly but he really works that ambient light and it's kind of you know it's a lot yeah. of like neon light and background out. storefront kind of stuff that's um yeah. and they're all it's it's almost like he's using a wide lens and it's like almost uncomfortable but they're they're beautifully done, yeah, but they're insanely intimate. Yeah, yeah they're very super wide open. I mean, this is probably probably like a Canon A, something like that, where he's shooting at one eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just it, very. You feel very uncomfortably close in a way to the yeah. subject. Yeah, but do you think that? I mean, that's got to be like a fifty millimeter lens. That's not that close, is it? Yeah. Fifty or thirty five? I mean, it's, it's not. Like, it feels like a thirty five something. 35 at the widest. Yeah. I mean, this isn't 28. Yeah, I don't think it's super wide at all. Yeah. But no. They're just very close. Yeah. It's yeah. Close. So we're, these aren't, I wouldn't call these environmental portraits for sure. These are, you know, you're kind of tight in. But I mean, some of them are, you know, basically just, you know, headshots. Other ones are, you know, waist up. Well, this is like the most step back he gets, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, and this is the one that, uh, and we'll reference this, like, there he was... 
uh, that made it around the internet too, this, this gentleman sitting there. Um, but I want to read a quick excerpt here so people kind of get a gist. And this is from the afterword, and it is by uh, Meyer, Meyer Shapiro. Okay. The works of Robert Bergman have occasioned for me a new and moving experience of photography as an art. I am enchanted by their strength and delicacy. Here's a photographer particularly engaged in the exploration of the individual face as bearing the mark of a specific personal destiny. Robert Bergman's color portraits of people encountered by chance on the streets of American cities address the viewer with captivating simplicity and directness in an idiom that is unencumbered by the norms or conventions of a period style. They are faces of people who move him deeply. With marvelous sensitivity and acumen, he scrutinizes each of them for individuality and for manifestations of otherwise unsoundable pervasive states and particular moments of feeling. The luminous insight, the palpable empathy and sympathy of his portraits impel us to experience affinity, psychological nearness with the subject. A salient aspect of his building the image is the setting of the figure in an intimate environment that is rigorously ordered with respect to both the person and his or her background. This brings into play constructed forms that strengthen the figure and animate further the rectangle of the field and the contained contrast and rhythms of the person and the surroundings. The resulting energy and beauty of forms imbue these portraits with unenameable yet compelling spiritual qualities. Okay, I like that. There's some BS in there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, like I, people online will definitely call me out if I don't say there's some a little bit of BS in there. Okay, I don't. I mean, it doesn't diminish the work at all. But yeah. anytime you get a writing about photography, sometimes you're gonna encounter a little bit of. Yes, but I, I thought it was parts of it were very beautiful too, and like I think deadly accurate, especially like how that is. You know, they feel spontaneous yet also very constructed. Like he's very aware of what elements of the environment he wants to bring into the photograph. Yeah, definitely, and like that's so important because you have, you know, this is maybe a beginner thing for photography, but every element in the frame is important in how it's rendered. Like every inch of it matters. And like yeah. that's, you know, you can tell he's very aware of the environment that he's putting the his, yeah. his subjects in. He also seems to get them kind of comfortable too. They don't seem yeah. they right. don't seem off the cuff or they don't seem, you know. Yeah, definitely. It feels like he's been spending some serious time. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know a, if he has. I mean it's no. just yeah, but it that's a good that question. Way. I mean, this do you think I wonder if well, that's probably, probably is that something he? I'm. Uh, I have to go back and do the research on this again because I can't remember if these are people that he actually knew or if they just kind of like people he casually met. I I want to say, and I again, this is not verifiable. This is just my hunch that they were kind of people that he would meet and see over and over again, kind of wherever he was. But I don't. Again, I'm not. I'm not sure they could be. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But either way, you're right. Like building that rapport with a subject is insanely hard, and it's why I don't do street portraits because it, you know I am I can I pull this off with any sort of dignity whatsoever, and right. like do because you owe it to the people that you're photographing. It becomes not about you Absolutely. at all. So like that's that's just to me, it's too much pressure. So it's guys like these that I I, I mean, there's and, an intimacy there that I'm not used to seeing in street portraits. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's just powerful. You know, it kind of hits you. You know, I don't know. I always feel like if you see a really good photographer that's like pure, I say pure blood or just, I don't want to say natural, but like 
this is a guy who's going to make pictures no matter what. <laughs> like, yeah. You can normally spot those guys 100. And this, this is somebody who's like, these people, like, he has to make pictures of them. Did Richard recommend this uh, after we had started making some of those portraits at night in Bushwick? Or was that around even? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, it can, like, kind of going through them now, it feels like, yeah. Yeah, it does feel a little similar, yeah. Not exactly. No, I mean, you're doing something, you're definitely doing your own thing, but you can, I mean, that's, we're all. The process is completely different. Yeah, but we're all, I mean, that's, that's photography, right? We're all riffing on certain, certain people that we, you know. Yeah. There's a great, uh, um. Is it Robert Adams or is it, uh, no, I think it's a Robert Adams quote where he basically says that, you know, all photography, you, you can't, you don't exist without other photographers. Like you're, you're working within this network of, of people and you're referencing. Well, it's a good yeah. quote. I'll put it up mm-hmm. on the blog too. It's one of my favorites of like, you're all, every photographer is indebted to other photographers and without right. them, you're not. Yeah, you, you, and you, Tumblr nothing, yeah. definitely encourages that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a feed of images. Well, there is. There's a lot. There's been some writing about that too, of like how easily trends can get picked up on Tumblr and then mimicked and stuff. Like what the obvious one that people talk about is the new formalism, uh, the studio or the um, still life kind of stuff that you see mm. going around. You know, which is hit or miss for me. I like some of it. I don't like other of it. But but yeah, definitely in the Tumblr age, you can. Uh, influences can really kind of uh, progress pretty quickly. No, I, and that's how you guys met, right? Did you met through Tumblr? Yeah, yeah, we did. Exactly. We met through Tumblr. We all met through the internet. I mean, that's yeah. like, it's almost like a given <laughs> at this point. It's true. <laughs> we met through Flickr. Yeah. Met through Flickr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, but then again, I don't know. You know, you ask how many photographers are they going to know Robert Bergman, and that kind of goes back to another thing we often talk about is that you know. People's references for of certain photographers are all over the place, mm-hmm. so the ones that I'm really into might not necessarily cross over with you or Tom or what have you. you know? Right, sure. But who? I mean, this is so. This, if you buy the book, this must be a big influence for you. Who else are you? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, like the, the thing for me, like when I look through a lot of these photographs, is like I mean, obviously the color hit me immediately, but the emotion and you know. And like I said, just the fact that they seem so comfortable, like I, I couldn't get past, you know, everything we just talked about, about how, you know, the process of how he shot these. But how can you see, so how do, how can we see somebody's comfortable in a portrait? As a, because that would say that there's portraits where you see where people are either uncomfortable or indifferent or whatever other spectrum of emotion, you know? So that, and to me, like that's yeah. almost all photography is about precision, right? About that exact moment. Yeah. And what I find so challenging about portraiture is that it's really the way the person is composed, like the way they're holding their head, tilting their head, the, right. that micro facial expression. You know, in real, real life, we yeah. can read facial expressions pretty quickly and they just go by us. But in a photograph, you're holding one very specific facial expression such a short amount of time that's yeah and it does and like it could be but that's also part of like how the portraits lie too this these people could just be like looking up or whatever and all of a sudden it seems like uh, they're they're looking up to the heavens you know it's like no they're just you caught them in a flinch or whatever right right yeah yeah um i don't know i mean i don't know what defines it but it's just a you know you look at it and you get that sense for sure like right off the bat i think it's either, you know, 
these are these are you know uncomfortable portraits to look at, but mm -hmm. you but you still get the sense that the person the the person being photographed isn't distracting. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so what do you think makes them uncomfortable? Makes these portraits uncomfortable? Yeah. Is it because of the the subjects? Like yeah, I think just the subjects. I mean, it's something again. that you know. I mean, I think I think you look at this book and it's something that you know. It's a whole series of of people you normally you know right. turn your head down you know subconsciously right. just passing through the street. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about it that I actually read at one point that uh, Robert Bergman said that you know he would argue against the fact that these are all people who are kind of like down and out. Right. Oh, really? Which is interesting. Yeah. He said there's one. He wouldn't say which, and he intentionally apparently doesn't title his photographs or uh -huh. say anything about the subjects, but uh, he mentioned that there was, you know, a pretty successful actor and a billionaire's grandchild is one of the subjects, uh -huh. and, you know, so, and you, I mean, you can't tell which, I don't think. No, absolutely, but the, the, I mean, this is why I, I'm refraining from trying to define them or say that these are marginalized or they're on, because I, you know, photographs lie man like they could yeah. be, person could just be having a bad day or whatever and you don't i don't want to say that just because they look this way that they're that type of person right i mean that's it, i i think that's a really kind of an interesting thing like how photography can make us confront our stereotypes or what we want to say because i think most people would say oh these are you know either street people or they're like people on the margin of society or what have you and i don't I just think like that's, I mean, I think that's a mistake on the viewer's part, you know? Yeah. Or, but like that could be also be like the power well, of his work that and, it makes yeah. you think about that. And I think partly that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's like trying to like, do a little social experiment on what people's reactions are. But yeah, it, but in LT, if you, if you, if you look closely, you can't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think like there, it's kind of like casting a movie, right? I mean, he's got like kids in here too, so he can't yeah. say these are street kids or what have right. you. Know, I think there's just he casts the characters that he wants, and it's in his. These are the people that he sees and that he wants to see, you know. And I, I to me, it does. You know, he he's a very compassionate photographer. I, you can kind of tell that he's. It's the person. It's not their circumstances. I said. Did he have right? a book out right. before this one? No, I, don't he, think I think so. he, no, I don't. I, I think, again, like he, he's one of those guys that had a, you know one of these biographies that you don't know. I think he was probably, you know, probably making his living through photography somehow or another. But yeah, you know, and just doing this work, but working very quietly on his own and not 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 doing anything. Yeah. But then this book comes out, and people, you know, a year later, it's like, who's Robert Bergman? It's like because everyone's talking about. Whatever else is on. Well, he didn't come out with a couple photographs either. He came out with you know this book immediately. You know that he's been shooting for, for years, for years, for years. years. Yeah. yeah. So there's you know that it, it kind of falls into that category of photographers, which I you know they work for thirty years and then their big book comes out and that's kind of right. the thing you know which is which is kind of counter to the trend that's going on these days where people are putting out books every couple of years or whatever and you got to do it to stay visible. Yeah. Self-publish. Yeah. But so what is, so you, if that struck you that the way he makes them come, how do you do that in your own work? Uh, I think, you know, in the beginning I had no idea how to do it. Uh -huh. And I think it became a, the type of thing where, you know, you, you just build a rapport with someone. Right. 
and it, for me, it's about time. I mean, that's why I can't, I can't imagine how he did these uh, in the shoot. Yeah. But for me, it's about you know, getting comfortable with the person, and even getting comfortable photographing the person in the beginning. You know, even models you work with, or anyone you work with, who's people who are used to being photographed. You know, the first few photographs are going to be pretty uncomfortable. Right. You know? I feel like even having watched <laughs> you work too, there you're. You, you bring sort of like a light direction mm -hmm. to it and you're kind of like doing this dance with the subject at the same time where they're not, I think they, they feel like they can trust that you're going to make a really nice image so they have they feel really relaxed. I mean, this is yeah. just from my perspective having been in the room while you're making portraits. Right. Like you direct, but it's never... I try like, not to direct no, like right. at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know... I'll guide, but you know, for me, the pictures I pick from any portrait session I do are always the ones where they, the, like you know, the, the people I'm photographing moment. did something that I never would have thought right. they would have done. You know, so then becomes the, it's the editing, right? I mean, so how many it's images editing, do you yeah. think you make in a session? Well, it depends on how long. I mean, I don't usually shoot, you know, a portrait session for too long. Maybe uh -huh. like half hour, hour, but um, you know, probably. I don't know. Sometimes I would say maybe like a low number. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm shooting at night, which I tend to do a lot, like, uh, you know, with some, like we were talking about earlier, artificial light or hot light, flashlight, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd make a lot less. I'd probably make 10 to 15. Okay. Uh, but if, you know, if I'm not really sure what direction I'm going and I'm waiting for those moments, I'm probably shooting a couple hundred even, you know. Uh -huh. And then editing down. So. But that's what's so crazy. You like you do a hundred of those photos, and it's all to differentiate between them. It becomes you got to really scrutinize the image. Yeah, I mean, portraiture yeah. is so but hard, that's, man. Like, that's that's what what I, you know what I mean? Like I, that's yeah. But that's that that has to be mind numbing. You have five pictures that are almost similar, but like the subject is turned this way. Like what degree of their oh, head yeah, makes yeah. it? more appealing you know what i mean you're getting into a very specifics of form yeah and emotion right i mean portraiture is hard man. well sometimes this is like wrong so about it too i mean you, you know you're right you yeah. see those moments and you're looking at them on screen and sometimes it's you sometimes you yeah. get into a point where you you don't you're not sure you know wait what do you mean wrong wrong like, about you know sometimes the ones that i you know in my editing process if i you know if i choose to go with one let's say over the other you know yeah there's a you know a lot of second guessing or later on i'll look back at my old files and be like, you know what, actually this one's, no, and so but what messes with me is like, sometimes the really awkward ones are like, oh, that is the one that's definitely interesting, right. but it's kind of uncomfortable because right. it, they do, it's not flattering, you know? And yeah. so what do you do on a portrait? It's gotta be, yeah, I'm telling portraiture is hard. <laughs> is, yeah, that's why like something like this is like you you browse through and there's so many portraits in there and like it just becomes damn like that guy's yeah. good you know you can just like yeah. get it you know so it's like I don't know man Robert Bergman is I don't know to me he's a master and I, I mean I love this I have, can you even still buy this book I think it's like out of print I isn't think it? you can I don't know um, not like I, I need to buy more really yeah maybe. Yeah, I have yeah, to get I this, know. man. And I think he's shooting all 35, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's got to be. So you don't, you know. It could, I don't know. 
No, this is this. I think this this feels like thirty five kind of s you know SLR stuff. There's a stillness about it that it almost feels like four <laughs> Yeah, it does. But the you but the also you just kind of feel in that environment like there's no way. I don't know. Yeah, that would be yeah. Bad. It feels like more spontaneous than that. You know, like he's kind of. But that's just you know. I wonder. I wonder how much time he takes. It's like, hey, sit there and like maybe he takes two pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That would be impressive. <laughs> oh, I bet he does. I mean, there's no way on this kind of stuff that he's sitting there for half an hour. No. Oh, he's taking more than two. You think? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I think he's taking more than two. But I wonder if he's doing but he's really also fast had years or to, You know, he spent years editing this and, and, and shooting different yeah. people. I mean, so the numbers game is in the amount of subjects, maybe, you know. Oh, um, yeah. I'm sure he has a huge archive of, of photos. Um, and I wonder if he gives them pictures. I bet he does. I bet he's one of those guys that gives them a nice print and they they have it. One can only hope. <laughs> can only hope. <laughs> dream that Robert a nice Well, he should. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to do with street photography. Almost impossible. Unless you got a notepad and you're getting everybody. Hey, all you. But I should, like, most of the people in my, I got, like, my best photo has are, like, 10 people in the frame. So I was like, what are you going to do? Look at these 10 people. Yeah. No way. That's not going to happen. Well, that's it. I mean, thank you for bringing that book. I was really excited when you told me that. I liked your excitement about it. Yeah. I've never seen it, man. Thank you. No, he, I mean, it's like that kind of stuff is like, I should not be doing portraiture. <laughs> it's like so hard, man. It makes everyone yeah. think that you I know, but it also, because you, who are your subjects? Why, why are you choosing these people? Why should they be in a portrait? And then you got to, I mean, there's so many, you know, and then to be honest, like most of the time I don't like, like I said, just a book of portraits or even one person's kind of. I tend to like portraiture in the aggregate. You know, when I see it come off my Tumblr, it's like, okay, I like this black and white one from 1950. I like this new color one from recently. So I, I, I kind of like them on the individual picture basis. So when one photographer is doing like their same thing over and over again, but when I see something like this, it's like, damn, like that can work, you know? Yeah. Is he making a second book? I don't know, yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, who cares? <laughs> I love that. No, 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 no. I'm saying I like, I love I think, the the mystery. That's like the 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 process is very mysterious. He's very mysterious. The subjects are very mysterious. Right. That's always the great thing too. Is like no, you make a book like this, and fantastic. you're like, well, Robert, where's your next book? I mean, then you're just like, yeah, you, <laughs> this thing comes out. Everyone's talking about it, and then poof, you know. He's, yeah, but he's probably like, you know, that was it. Like a lot of the, especially a lot of those older photographers, like that was the kind of way you worked. It's like you work for years and years and years and Towards to that, get yeah. one that that one book. So there is there is some friction these days with like that older generation of photographers where it's like you wait 15, 20, 30 years before you oh, make yeah. your book and you have younger people. It's like, well, I'm just going to make my books now because... It's good for marketing, it's good for whatever. But there is also another way of working where like John Gossage, like he has made so many books he can't even remember them. And like that's just the way the artist is. Yeah, so right. you can't really say there's we one formula. And we were just talking about being like Tumblr taking a photo and then just immediately, immediately posting, releasing, like, yeah, right immediately right posting yeah. and releasing it. Quick edit, post to Tumblr. Oh, I don't, <laughs> yeah. So like on the web, I've started to work only in the past. 
Yeah. I don't. I, I hold <laughs> everything. Don't, don't you always, though? Okay, like in the deep. Yeah. That's a good point. Not in the near past, but like the <laughs> new future. Deep, deep yes. past. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A photograph is always a. What, what, there's some joke about that. Like a photograph is always something from the past, right? Yeah. Like, right. Oh, I wish I had. You know that joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it was kind of when you see that, like. Yeah. Oh, it's a Mitch Hedberg quote. Is it? Oh, yes, it's a yeah. Mitch Hedberg quote. I love Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're just playing with time in a different way. way. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think. But anyway, so you're posting like year for like from last year? Yeah, what? so like on my Instagram now, I'm showing like photos I took in 2006 of friends, you know, like stuff like that. Right. Rather than trying to work, because I figured I can't work in real time. I'm not good at that. There's right. some people that are good at doing the diaristic kind of like Instagram yeah. stuff. That's not me, because I like kind of take the same pictures over and over again. So like, if I do that in real time, it's just a very mediocre yeah. version of my already yeah. mediocre yeah. stuff. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's what comes along with like that immediacy. But I mean, for me, I I don't know. I'm I'm more of the you know shoot than get it out there yeah, yeah, for me that's just something that i have to do because if i sit with something for too long um you know it's gonna it's gonna drive me crazy and I'm, no I'm gonna, i think it's know. a good impulse i mean i always say tell people you got to use the internet the way that actually benefits your process right i think too many people use it to because they feel like they need to market or they need to be out there and like and you're gonna get yourself in trouble that way oh, yeah. you have to use it where it actually helps you so I use the internet and these things that helps me edit it helps me yeah, no, gauge great. what people are into and like it's sort of this like ambient feedback yeah. I guess yeah you know but I also just like playing with the way you distribute stuff and how you can string right. things together. I mean it must be way more interesting for your end to go through you know your archive at that point. Well. You know, yeah, I mean, it helps me try to make sense of stuff I right, guess, right. in some way and just different ways of showing it. Like, I'm really, I'm into Instagram because it's just like that's where everyone is every single day. So it's like, well, why not just put the photos up that you really want people to see there when that's, yeah. but that's what they're looking at. So why not just put them there anyways? But that's just weird, though, because then, like, if you're making something to be digested on a larger format, you're now not, you're like... You're not actually, you know, you're not showing your work the way that you want it to be seen. Well, so, I don't, I would never be prescriptive about that. Like, because if I make a book, I would probably make an artist book that's a hundred, you make a hundred copies of it. So like, you know, those hundred people are going to see the book, but I would, I do you want think these would have the same impact on your iPhone? With these on Instagram, I yeah. If he put his stuff on Instagram, people we're, would be we're all over it. About the book we just talked about, yes. yeah, Robert Bergman, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Would they? I, I definitely think. Uh, come on, then you're not. You're talking about the power of the photograph that it's not medium specific, and I believe in the photograph enough that wherever you put it, if it's a good photograph, people are going to respond to it. Yeah, you know, uh, there's something definitely something to be said about the printing. So when you right. see the printing okay. on this yeah, is a absolutely. whole different ball game, you know. And even like the pace of going through a book is, you know, the beauty of a book is that I can go through this at like. It slows you down. My own pace. You're not flipping through pictures on a phone. You know, but I think I go through a book almost like faster than I do stuff on the internet. I don't know. 
Because I'm into like looking at it really fast and then picking it up a, a day again, you know, two days later and then, okay. Spending it more selective yeah. time. Yeah. No, not even, just kind of doing it. I mean, it's how you, that you, there's no, there's no prescribed way of how a, a person can evaluate information or a photograph. Right. We all take it in at our own like there's speed readers. There's people that can read a book in two hours just because they were able to process that information and they've trained their brains to do that. So why wouldn't it be that way with like visual yeah. information? Because what, what the hang up is, is it goes back to painting where you have to really meditate on the painting and kind of. Sometimes I do that with pictures in a photo book though. I like to find ones that really speak to me and then spend time with those. Right. And then when I come back to it, they'll change. But I'll, I'll look at a picture more than a minute. I think I would do that more on kind of like a complicated street picture maybe where I'll deconstruct mm -hmm. like what's going on in the frame or something like that. But it's also like cinema. If you think of cinema, like the frames going by you, how fast, you know? Yeah. You know, and you're thinking about an entire scene. Yeah. 24 frames a second. 24 frames a second. So the photography is not as Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I found the Mitch Hedberg. Quote. Oh, you did find the Mitch Hedberg quote. Someone handed me a picture and said, this is a picture of me when I was younger. Every picture of you is when you were younger. <laughs> Here's a picture of me when I'm older. Where'd you get that camera, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at LPVshow.